0: Welcome back to the Scarcity Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, my friend? doing good. A good start to my day. Early yeah. on. <laughs> good jokes, good jokes. So, uh, today we're going to be discussing Black Christmas for our Christmas episode. I'm so going to be releasing both... it
1: on Christmas, too. So. Oh, sick. it would be nice to have it be a good thing for people to sit at home and say, hey. What the fuck, dude? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's listen to two, two, uh, two dumbasses ramble on about a movie for an hour. Hopefully. Maybe maybe just one dumbass.
1: Hopefully an hour, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't ramble on too long.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to get caught up talking a lot about this movie just because of how, how good it is, and also how just... Uh, it's just one of those movies where like you're you're watching I wouldn't say every frame I feel like that's a little bit excessive but like every scene has something in it that I think is very distinct that you can kind of just like talk about there's little talking points all throughout the movie I think it's one of those self-explanatory films
1: that you know we might, we might not be able to discuss a whole lot about it but it's one of those films that if you experience you understand everything that like you're listening to or people are talking about because, yeah. you know, I know when I hadn't seen it, we'd talk about it before, and I didn't really have a huge interest in it besides, like, oh, I heard it's good, but the words it's good from a variety of different people mean nothing in a grand scheme of things unless you're very interested or have something dragging you towards something, Yeah, and until I saw it, I couldn't understand how good it really was or just how well made or how interesting the concept turned out to be especially in its time period and I don't want the entire episode just be gushing about this is so good this is so good but I feel like that's what's going to end up happening because that's just going to be how it is
0: yeah I do think that like to a degree within our community you know the horror community this is a very celebrated movie that I think most people in the community have probably seen by now yes but I think that the nice thing about this movie is unlike something like Halloween or The Exorcist or something something that or Psycho which is you know there's storied films that are big mainstream kind of you know incredible movies that that most people have probably seen. I think that Black Christmas is still in that cult classic it, surprisingly it's surprisingly a cult enough, classic yeah. It's surprising considering it has two remakes. Mhm. But the original, I feel, is still very underseen. It's not that, that people in our community don't talk about it. We talk about it all the time. But, you know, I'll talk to someone and say, like, Black Christmas is incredible. You know, it's a, a predecessor to Halloween, all, the, all these things. And they'll be like, yeah, I I haven't seen the 70s one. So it's like they always see the, the remake, but I, I don't hear people outside of our bubble talk about it nearly as much. So I feel like of the, like, big powerhouse movies we've talked about on the podcast, this is kind of one of the ones that we can talk about a little bit more. I think
1: if you've gone out of your way to find Black Christmas and you watch one of the remakes, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, I haven't... I Don't get me wrong, I haven't seen them, but there's something about watching remakes of films or newer versions of films that you know existed from like the 70s and 80s or or that time period and just being like i'm gonna watch the new one like that just pisses me off like i i can't understand the mindset of that or almost anything in a modern decade for remaking films what version of those type of films have been better what have they taken from the decade it came from and said hey we're gonna improve upon it Especially if it's from 2006.
0: Yeah, like mid 2000s garbage.
1: I it takes me maybe five to ten minutes to find five good movies from 2006.
0: Yeah, I think that. So I mean, I there's, there's a couple there's a couple of movies where I've seen the remake before I've seen the original.
1: I think, but like, if it comes down to like, you aren't looking for Black Christmas or you're growing up and something's just on or like. You go to the theaters and it's what's playing and it's the only thing you, you're going to see. It's different, but, like, if you're actively looking for, hey, I want to watch Black Christmas, people talk about it. I'm going to watch the new one. It's kind of yeah. gross.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, having seen the 2006 one, yes, that is gross. That so, I, I really, really just do not like that movie. But uh, it, it is the polar opposite of this movie, honestly, as a remake. It is, it is, everything this movie is not. This movie is lower key. It's much more in your head. It's, you know, got a, a, a faceless killer we never meet. You know, it. it's, it's all these things. And the the friggin' remake is, we know who, who, exactly who Billy is. We know exactly who Agnes is. There's blood and gore all over the place. And the backstories for Bill, Billy and Agnes are explicitly told and they are fucking nauseating.
1: Well, so, that's, that's kind of why you can't do Black Christmas again, because you have to ask yourself, what can you do differently? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's different. And if you're not going to do anything different, what's the point of making the film again? Just watch the original?
0: Yeah, and, it's and nice. It's such it's a nice standalone they,
1: film. You can't really it, delve into it any deeper.
0: Yeah, it's nice that they did did their own thing. It's just that what they did is gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it, it's a pretty movie, and that's the best... Praise I can get it.
1: You watched the newest remake, Do you haven't you? No. Oh, you haven't?
0: Nope, I have not bothered. You know, I'm not going to get up here on a soapbox and talk about you know putting politics in movies because I mean, get over it. It's in movies. They've that always the been. The original is a very
1: political film for when it came. <laughs> out. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm not going to be that guy. But uh, just from the trailers, it doesn't look like Black Christmas. It doesn't even look like it resembles Black Christmas based just on the plot. You know, there's a cult and all these things. It's just, it, it doesn't even sound like the same franchise. So it's like, why, why is this even Black Christmas? Doesn't even seem like Billy's in it. <laughs> Whatever.
1: But... I know the marketing for was showing a lot of, like, um, strong female characters. And that's, like, the main grasp to the movie. Yeah. Which is fine and all. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's something about how as a modern viewer to view a strong female woman though they have to be like a superwoman you know what i mean like they have to do like this crazy shit that makes it ridiculous it's the same way we viewed like stuff like schwarzenegger and um must alone in the, in the 80s like they're not just strong men they're fucking like they're the they're, they're gods among men like the shit they get away yeah. with
0: I do think those, at times, though, like, those kinds of movies have a certain tongue-in-cheek. You yeah, know, it I don't of, it think we that its ridiculousness. Nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it like, knows its ridiculousness.
1: There's a cheese factor where it's like, you know, when they're throwing out one-liners, you can only take it so seriously. Don't get me wrong, a lot of modern males do not understand the fact that it's tongue-in-cheek, and they think this is just how men should be. They, yeah, they're oh, yeah. kind of lost on the joke. But... You know, for women nowadays, I feel like we're getting to that level where we're getting these type of, like, overly strong females where, like, it's not tongue-in-cheek as much, and I think it's not really beneficial to, like, look at how Black Christmas deals with a strong woman in in 74, the original. It's like, the main lead is a very strong, independent woman that just would exist in the real world, like... Yeah, it's not like she is fucking creating her own fucking mecha death weapon to fight anybody that's gonna get in her way or she fucking bench presses 300 pounds being like I'm unstoppable I, I am the female force <laughs> it, I think it's just weird how like there's a for male and females like to make a strong character nowadays or, or just like before with like the 80s and stuff like they're there's such like a hyper-realistic factor to how strong they are, where it's like, now women are just all Sarah Connor, and now and men are just all Schwarzenegger from, like, fucking Commando.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I think that, you know, uh, I have no problem with movies that have that kind of a... I don't like using the term agenda because agenda is now a uh, yeah. a bad word on the internet, but, you know, have that kind of, like, we want to make our main characters empowered and strong and, you know, fighting people and, and, like, you know, action stars or whatever. I don't, that shit doesn't bother me. I think that's cool. Yeah. But I, I think that at least, again, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't say that in the movie it doesn't work, but the trailers just felt kind of, like, very in-your-face, like... Yeah, very loud. It, it about could it. be
1: tongue in cheek in the film. You know, we maybe don't have any film to go off while We're talking about the
0: trailers, and maybe yeah. the movie's more subdued too. I have no idea. Yeah, and, and if all four of those characters were guys, I would still find it really weird. I'd say it's just as bad. So it's like it. It's it almost it's also like the sense of like the tone from the trailers just feels very grating mm-hmm. about it too. So. It's just, it's really weird to watch that when you know what the original is like. It, it just, it, it doesn't seem like, again, like if that was not called Black Christmas, I feel like I probably just wouldn't care. I would just not watch it. Yeah. Um, but it's called Black Christmas and it feels really weird because it just lo- doesn't look like it resembles anything yeah. like Black Christmas other than that they're sorority girls. It's the only so thing that looks like it's. From
1: taking it from a
0: disinterest,
1: you would just go to having no interest.
0: Hmm. It's just one of those things where it feels like they, they took a name and slapped it on a movie that's kind of nothing like the name they slapped on it. Like I'm I'm all for like doing things that are different with franchises because yeah. franchises get stale. Well, for one thing, Black Christmas shouldn't be a franchise anymore. That's the problem.
1: But though. like Black Christmas isn't a premise where you can continue off of. Even with the way the
0: film ends, you shouldn't have a sequel to it. It's even more weird cuz it's like the the Hollywood remake craze of the 2000s and mid 2000s. You, they would go after movies with there's, name value there's two series there's no name value to, to Black Christmas there's two
1: real series that have continuations and reboots that if you ask me never should have existed and Black Christmas is one of them and the other one Texas is Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw.
0: yeah
1: they're yeah. Very, very similar films with how they tell a standalone story that just kind of exists when it comes out and it sets a precedent and it shouldn't be continued on the new one for the new texas chainsaw like i cannot say how uninteresting it is to bring back sally it means nothing like the best thing about texas chainsaw and and black christmas is that it sets up a new idea of horror it sets up really the idea of what slashers can be because psycho is a very different structured film yeah. The problem with Halloween being so good and popular is that it created this entire Final Girl dynamic where we have to bring this back. Halloween 2 came out in 81. We bring back Laurie Strode. We bring back the Final Girl. And then the idea of the Final Girl always coming back, always coming into play, we're going to go, what, 40 years later now. And now we just are assume that a Final Girl in a film has to come back. And now we have a new Texas Chainsaw coming back where this final girl means less than nothing. She's just a girl that was there.
0: Yeah, That's it's it. not like it's There's not no story like with Yeah, it's not like with Halloween if you when you bring back Laurie Strode, like he, she's faced off against Michael multiple times. Yeah. And you know, or like Friday the thirteenth, if we were to bring back, say, Tommy Jarvis or something for a new a new Friday movie, it would make sense. But like she's in one movie, she has zero connection to the character of Leatherface she just managed to escape (laughs) why would she go back
1: (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't make sense for this character and the the way she ends up at the end of the first film like I'd have trouble to believe she's not in a fucking mental institution or just like I
0: agree
1: she would not be functional
0: no I rightly so
1: I, I don't know like I I'm all for like telling a new interesting tale and it's not like I'm against the idea of bringing characters back and progressing their characters in different ways than you would assume. But, at the same time, this is not a character that should have that story continued. I know we haven't talked about the movie yet for Black Christmas, but if they did a sequel for that 40 years later, and they brought back the original actress to play that character again and continued it on, like, what's the percentage chance of that being good? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how... How good could you tell that story? It's probably impossible?
0: Well, I just had to double check. I didn't even know if she was still alive or not. Oh, she's Olivia a hussy yeah she's she's alive still, but uh yeah, like I don't know we're gonna get to the ending of this movie eventually when we start talking about the movie, but yeah. uh you know with the way that the movie ends i don't I don't know how that would work,
1: yeah, but. I think it'd be good, because if people do watch this episode and they haven't seen this movie, we will probably try to be as spoiler-free as we can on it. It's It'll be yeah. tough, but, like, this is one of those films that not a lot of people have seen. Yeah. And I would really like to not be the guy to fucking ruin it for somebody.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things where it's, like, discussing the actual specifics about this movie are really fun. And interesting. Yes. But like I said, like 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 we were saying before, it's like this is not a movie that I would say outside of the horror community that a ton of people have watched. Yeah. Or not 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 that so much, especially like like a uh, newer like budding film fans, especially probably have not seen Black Christmas. And yeah. the ending is is one of the greatest endings in a horror movie, in my opinion.
1: I'd say it's one of my favorite endings for a film, just in general. Yeah, it's I so would not want to tell
0: someone. Yeah, I would not want to tell someone explicitly what happens
1: yeah i agree
0: because it's absolutely chilling
1: (laughs) and you know you brought up like budding film fans like so people that are grasping or getting into film now probably have not seen it but when this film came out you know there's a huge amount of people that were into film that really did appreciate this film yeah I i remember uh the main actress, with Olivia Hussey, was uh, talking to Steve Martin because he was saying to her like, "Oh yeah, I, I love that movie that you were in." She's like, oh, "I was gonna be fucking Romeo and Juliet." And he goes, "I fucking love Black Christmas."
0: Wait, <laughs> I mean, Steve Martin? Steve Martin is in like Cheaper by Dozen? Yeah, fucking... literally,
1: fucking what? the Pink <laughs> Panther. That's so funny. That's
0: crazy. Where, hell just... that? Where the hell is that guy? been Jesus Christ!
1: You know he's a really good comedian, like. I wouldn't be surprised if he was just, like, letting things go by and, and forming up, like, stand-up or something, because he does really good stand-up.
0: Oh, wait, no, he's in a new TV show on Hulu with uh, Selena Gomez. That's, oh, that's supposed to be really good. Uh, good it's good. supposed to be, like, a really good show, so... Murder, it's its something like a murder mystery comedy. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, apparently it's really funny and really good, but, uh...
1: But, yeah, I mean, like, it, it sucks that people nowadays aren't experiencing... A film like this, you know, like you said, if you're in the the horror community, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably have an interest in seeing it.
0: I right. mean, a lot of people have seen movies that this more than likely influenced.
1: Yeah, have you seen Halloween? You seen Halloween? You, yeah, you Halloween alone. A, a film that it's influenced.
0: Yeah. Halloween
1: so. would not exist. You know, Texas Chainsaw has a lot to play into it, especially with like atmosphere in a film. But yeah. the structure of the film, the hunting of, of the, the the predator against the prey. If this film Shots. didn't exist, Halloween wouldn't have been made.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. We always talk about how much, you know, the the style of filmmaking that Halloween has influenced the slasher genre, you know, especially with like P.O.B. stuff. But uh, Black Christmas really, not the only one, obviously, that, that, that pushed this, but... It's another one that really leaned into that style and it didn't nearly have the technology that that, um, Halloween had. Halloween had these, you know, the panda glide and all these things. They literally strapped a camera to this man's shoulder and had him climb up a building with it. It's crazy. Like they had to do what they had to do to get the shots. And the shots are, it's so, because of how not smooth it is, you know, funnily enough, our brains kind of smooth out when we're walking and stuff, like, our our vision doesn't bounce the way that a camera would. And Halloween replicates that with the Panaglide. But the fact that the camera is so unhinged because of the fact that it's just literally strapped to someone, to me, that makes it more unnerving.
1: Yeah, there's something about Halloween running with the POV and making it feel very smooth. But like you said, it, it feels more like a movie unless like you're watching someone's home tapes of like a committed villainous act. Yeah. Which is what Texas Chainsaw did so well and what Black Christmas does so well. And the thing that I think Halloween really stands about uh, really stands out about in the film is that we have shots where we get a good glimpse of Michael. We have shots of him in the background looking at Lori or just characters looking at him, which is shots you don't get in films like Black Christmas. Yeah. So the way that you view the killer from the main character, the final girl, that's something that really does get shown a lot in Halloween that kind of sets that precedent for slashers. Before, when you have stuff like Texas Chainsaw, you get a a glimpse of the killers at the end, obviously, when they're all at the table going fucking mad. But it's very different than a regular slasher. Texas Chainsaw is a slasher, in a very different type of setting. different way, and even a, another film that I absolutely adore is *Alice Sweet Alice*. That yeah, came yeah. out in '76. That predates Halloween, but that, like *Black Christmas*, is very, very intrinsic on the fucking, POV shots.
0: That movie is fucking nuts. I I love that movie. That that's it's, so that unsettling insane. with the atmosphere in it. That is easily one of the f- one of the favorite first time watch experiences I've probably ever had was just being absolutely perplexed the entire time and getting those that fucking reveal at the end holy shit or how how it blew my mind they drop they actually dropped the knife and they did it like a billion times to get the stick in the railing for that one scene yeah how that was like that's legit that was like a thing that they tried really hard to do and they whoa oh, that was so fucking cool talk about I, filmmaking man i don't <laughs>
1: wince at a lot of things in movies but when a character gets hit in the face with a brick Ooh, I win oh so God. hard when that happens. It feels so real. <laughs> but yeah, like the POV shots in Black Christmas and uh Alice Owl Sweet Alice definitely set up a lot of the shots for Halloween. Halloween changes the game in a lot of different ways with viewing the killer. And you know, I- I've said before, I love horror for 80s, but the way 70s horror is done is very masterful and it's a very different way of filmmaking. It's you have a little you can work with and you make a lot out of it. That's how you have films like Black Christmas, Alice Sweet Alice, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw, The Exorcist.
0: It's just it changed the fucking game. Like, obviously, every decade has their thing that kind of just changes horror for the decade. Yeah. But the way that the 70s brought this, like,
1: unnerving atmosphere and almost grittiness.
0: And the way that we leaned in the seventies, we leaned into a lot of the human aspect of horror. Like even in The Exorcist, we're still dealing with people. Like we, these are human beings. We yeah. got to to know, and that's human what brings the real
1: horror of it. A catalyst for the main character.
0: Yeah, and all that, like the human aspect of horror, is what makes it so much more terrifying to me. And Black Christmas exemplifies that perfectly because the the killer is a human being and he is deranged
1: he is pretty much the antithesis of Halloween where the more you're experiencing Michael Myers the less human he becomes but the more you follow Black Christmas you just realize this could be any fucking person down the street
0: and that's what makes it even scarier yeah you know the thing about Halloween is that the event itself is one of those things where you're like oh that could happen on my street someone could throw a a mask on and stab someone but here, it's just, it's an unknown person. You never see who it really is. They could be hiding in your closet. <laughs> they could be hiding in the bushes outside of your house waiting for you, and you'll never see them coming. That is the most horrifying part about Billy. Other than the phone, I'll say the phone calls are pretty freaking unnerving. They're really Very. freaking unnerving. Yeah, I remember I watched this at like pitch black midnight Around Christmas, it might have been Christmas Eve, honestly. And uh, <laughs> I was just sitting there, and the first call came up, and I instantly had a chill bit down my spine. And it's not just the the dialogue in the calls or the way that it's delivered, but also the score behind it is so. It's not tr- a traditional score the way we think about it, the way that way that movies, I'd say, score with like again like movements and notes and stuff. It's very very visceral. These visceral sounds that are not—it's not that it's not music, but it's more so. It's it's reflecting auditorily like what's going on on the on the screen in a much more. I, I wouldn't. It doesn't feel as, as as cinematic as like a score like Halloween's or something.
1: I think nowadays, you know, the score for horror movies is so like. What's a good word? It, it, it's like everyone has a fair assumption of what it's going to be like, or we have this idea of it going to be, like, boom, 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 with a big shrieking sound to cut in with. a stinger. A a stinger to cut in with, like, a fucking jump scare. And we have this fictitious idea of everything it's going to be like because horror since the 2000s have been so watered down, just recycled bullshit. But when you have scores back in the days, like... They're masterfully made for these films. Like, you can't just put in a score for, like, Friday the 13th in Halloween and it works. You can't take the score from Black Christmas and put it with in Alice and it works. These film scores are made specifically for this film versus, like, hey, I made a film score for a sequel for I Know What You Did Last Fucking Summer. Yeah, we could put this in this another film and it would make no difference.
0: Yeah. I think funnily enough, because we were talking about Scream not that long ago, and uh, <laughs> we, were, we were discussing, like, the, I, I brought the score. Like, I really like the score for Scream. But, like, some of the music from Scream is in Halloween H2O. Yeah. And you don't even think about it.
1: No. It, it, the score is so... It, it, it's so, like, unnecessary. Like, they don't care. It's not a vital part to the film.
0: Yeah, it's not and, like, and it you sounds, know, like... I do
1: love that movie, but there's that's such a the big score is just fault for a horror film, for the score yeah. to not be...
0: Intrinsic memorable to the story. It's not memorable. No. Outside of the the way that uh, John Ottman's new version of the theme is noticeable because it's it's unlike the entire series. It's pretty much the only part of music in the entire movie that I remember. Um, I could not name I'll a you single what.
1: tune from Resurrection.
0: No. <laughs> I think that, the, but I think that the music in this is instantly memorable just because I haven't seen many movies think about their score the way that they thought about this score yeah like it's it's just it's so again the word is unnerving and it's like it's a word that we're probably gonna use a lot but it's true like yeah. it is so off-putting in a good way because it puts you in a situation where you feel very you know Set, set in a, a, a position of unease for the majority of the runtime, because the kind of funny thing is, is like this movie is not only is it very, very uncomfortable to watch sometimes and very um, scary, but also it's funny.
1: I, I was gonna say like there's a lot of time where you get downtime or like a nice breath of air to like make things easy to digest. It's not just a constant hit Relentless. of like horror 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 scared fucking terrified unnerved there's yeah. a lot of levity between scenes especially with certain characters like marco Kidder's character especially oh yeah
0: the but the nice thing is is that it's one of those things where it's another one of those the 70s movies where it aims to jar you it's like you're you're in a scene where it's funny like even like the first scene not the first very first scene but like when when you know Margot Kidder's talking on the phone like even between the discussions between like her and Billy when she's you know trash talking him like that shit's funny and you'll get scenes like that you'll get like a very tense scene like you know the first kill of the movie but then like not too long after that you're going to get the scene where she goes to the police station and tells the guy about the new exchange and yeah. that shit's really funny or when she's talking to the the girl's dad about how turtles fuck for like 24 hours or whatever you know you you get these kinds of moments in, the, in between but like immediately you'll get hit with something right after it that's not funny and again we always talk about online and in movies and stuff about how jarring tonal shifts can be a bad thing but for some reason again like the 70s were wild because <laughs> like they they just had this this way of doing these tonal shifts that should not work, but do. And this is a very, very good example of a movie that n- understands how to really shock the audience out of a sense of comfortability.
1: I think it really benefits from having a balance in comedy because if you have something like this just consistently with its tone, drive through the entire runtime of the film, it could kind of leave you walking out of a theater saying, I can understand that was really good, but like i didn't enjoy watching that versus the way it is now it's like i enjoy watching this movie it's a fantastic movie i'd recommend it to everybody but nowadays is very different because you don't have a a balance of comedy very well in films anymore you know i feel like i'm just kind of shitting on newer films but it's just like the balance is different now when you have yeah. comedy, it's a lot less of levity, but more like, hey, it's been five minutes, we need to throw an A. G. O. to joke. make it easier. Yeah. But with films like this, you get through 20 minutes of suspense and terror, and then you get one off-put comment, like, oh, it's, that's kind of funny, I feel a little bit better. All right, back to business. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like, as much as I... Uh, we, we, we're going to keep... It's, it's just the easiest target but we talk about the Halloween franchise and we talk about the new Halloween movies especially you know I really like both of them a lot um, I actually I love the 2018 movie but one of the things about the 2018 movie and it's something that does not as much in Kills because I feel like Kills isn't nearly as funny as, as no, or trying to be nearly as, as funny but the first one does definitely have these moments where you're like they're kind of just like it's like David Gordon Green and um, I don't know Danny McBride are like yeah well we're funny so like we gotta throw some jokes in here too Uh, which is fine it's just it does feel like sometimes the horror gets stopped to have a funny moment
1: I I think the biggest problem is that they're using characters to fulfill the humor a lot of the time and for the first film it's the dad character which I don't think anybody liked or Julian yeah but Julian is cool but we're just (laughs) like like not following these characters and being like oh yeah this humor is really well done with yeah. Kills, there's not as much humor, but when there is humor, it's usually Big John or Little John. And, there's, and it's funny. And most of the audiences love those characters, so yeah. it's easier to digest being like, well, if I like the character, I, I'm more likely to like these jokes. Versus some fucking 45-year-old bald dude saying, there's peanut butter on my penis. my dick,
0: yeah.
1: You know, people aren't going to be like, yo,
0: nice. Funnily enough, I think that line was removed from the novelization. I was listening to it on Audible. <laughs> I got the scene. I don't think it's in the book. It's so unnecessary. Uh, I mean, it's bad. It's just bad.
1: I don't even think Hold you needed to break tension in that scene too. It just exists there's no tension there. You
0: know yeah, there's I mean? no it's tension.
1: They are at a kitchen.
0: <laughs> yeah, It reminds me of the scene in. Uh, we're way off topic, but the scene in Rob Zombie's Halloween where they have the whole like she's fingering the the bagel.
1: Oh, I hate
0: that scene. Her mom like it reminds me of something like that. Although that's much more vulgar and stupid, but it's one of those things where it's just like there's no tension going on here we're just kind of throwing a joke in here for no reason yeah i think no, we're being crass
1: Exist in horror as a counterbalance to relieve tension it shouldn't just exist unless you have like kind of like a horror comedy like evil dead oh yeah you know if of it's course. a very differently structured film sure
0: but or it... or like um uh drag me to hell yeah which i watched this year like that's that's again sam Raimi. Basically, if it's not Sam Raimi, just don't do horror comedy, okay? Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Uh, Fright Nights, really, Night's really good. I, I, that's Nights. the
1: first thing I think of. Is um, uh, <laughs> anything that Holland has done usually is usually kind of like a horror comedy. Like even Child's Play has a lot of comedy. Either.
0: Or, or Joe Dante. I mean, outside of The Howling.
1: Yeah, I mean Joe Dante. It depends on if you describe his films as horror films. To some people. Like, do you describe Gremlins as a horror film?
0: I would say I would say it is a horror movie.
1: It's, it's one of those things where it's like a I don't think it's intended to be a horror movie. I think it takes a lot of horror ideas, but like I don't think there's many scenes where like Am I worried that Billy is gonna be killed by Stripe? Probably not.
0: No, but, but I I just also think that like we're The mom's I, I, I mean like the scene where the mom is in the kitchen is framed like a horror scene you 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 watched gremlins when you were younger yeah than me because i i watched it as an adult for the first time um but i view it as basically it's horror targeted at children yeah so i don't find it scary but i can definitely see how a child would. it's like goosebumps or something or, or like uh um scary stories to tell in the dark the movie see but with those it's different because those are structured
1: as horror throughout the entirety. I don't think Gremlins is structured entirely as horror. And we don't need to... I mean, it's another Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. It's not movie. super off-topic, I guess, but like...
0: Yeah. But we were talking about Black Christmas, which is intrinsically not a horror movie. Uh, not not a uh, yeah. children's movie. So. No. So, yeah. I mean... It's a different time. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, It is definitely a different topic. But I will say that the fact that that Gremlins is a, an Amblin production definitely makes it feel less scary. Yes, like it's like Pol- like Poltergeist is a horror movie, yeah, but well, it's very much a is very much a fun horror movie. It's not the same as as something like this. Well, it's or, like or it's like...
1: like Jaws is a horror film, but it's also primarily like an adventure film.
0: Yeah. There's this sense of
1: wonder in the movie, even though you're not leaving really one location. You're, you're always on the ocean for the most part. And that's
0: kind of how I feel about Gremlins. It's like, it's definitely supposed to be a horror movie, but it definitely leads into its adventure aspects a lot. I, I usually categorize it as like
1: an adventure, an adventure comedy. Because there's yeah. so much humor thrown in there that I just...
0: Or something like maybe Monster Squad, although Monster Squad is more... I guess crass I would
1: primarily say that's an adventure film but I would say adventure horror horror because there's so much structure to be horrifying to a A degree set up for the scenes like maybe we don't think the mummy's gonna kill anybody but the way that the scene is structured is supposed to be intended for a horror audience
0: yeah but yeah that's that It's not what we're here to discuss (laughs) But very important. Well we we kind. Of, it's kind of like capping off it. We we start like the last episode. We kind of briefly touched on Gremlins and how because we were talking about the movies we were gonna do. Yeah. And we talked about whether or not we would have done Gremlins, and we both kind of discussed that. Anyways, but you know, well, it is, I
1: love it, Gremlins. But if you're gonna do a film for Christmas, it should be Black Christmas.
0: Yeah, I can think of other of other Christmas horror movies that I would do before Gremlins.
1: Yeah, I, I think. You know, it's so weird to think how this has two remakes because it isn't a wide sought-after film for people to watch. It's just very weird. It shows how respected it is in the community, of course. Yeah. I mean, especially with the newest remake being by Blumhouse. You know, Blumhouse obviously respects horror to an nth degree.
0: Yeah. But they also you respect know. their filmmakers to a degree too. So yes. they you know, they don't they didn't demand a movie that was like this movie they oh. allowed the director to make their movie which is great and you know that's great and if people enjoy the new black christmas and i can't talk about whether or not it's good or bad yeah but if I, I people think, enjoy it that's great
1: i think for people to always want people to kind of meddle in business and say hey we need things to kind of line up a certain way shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. it's always better to have divisive things that are either really good or really bad i'd rather take things that are either 9 out of 10 or 3 out of 10 then everything consistently is 6 out of 10. That yeah, makes I mean, like, movies we, really
0: boring. I mean, like, we, were, we were talking about it right before the episode, but like, as the time of recording, this Matrix Resurrections just came out and it's yeah. one of those things where it's just like they did their movie. They did their version of what they wanted to do. And well, whether you like it or not, take it or leave it. But,
1: it's why, why people like talking about film, though. You can thing about black christmas is that like you could either love it or hate it you i don't think anyone's gonna fall middle of the road on black christmas either
0: i'll say this i've never met someone who hates this movie
1: 100 percent, I, I haven't either but, but
0: i'm sure they exist
1: yeah i can't see someone being like it's mid i'd be like oh it's mid <laughs> you know what i mean like
0: i might scream
1: if you have somebody that's <laughs> f- talking about film with you if you're having a discussion with another person you do not want to talk about a film that's okay you want to talk about yeah, a film that's no. either really good or really, bad, or really bad, or just has a division to it that can increase dialogue between two people. You know, I. whenever we talk about, like, the Disney Plus shows, I just don't care, because I just, like, they're so middle of the road. It's like, yeah. to me, the dialogue is just like, this could happen. It, it's more about theorizing what could happen versus, like, this is how the show is making me feel. Versus... Well, that's how they,
0: they structure those shows. It's just like, well, what's going to happen next? Discuss it. And then we're going to subvert which your expectations stupid. by being like, worse.
1: That That's why I, it's such bad fucking television. Because, like, I'm not sitting here talking about how much I like this show. I'm talking about something that doesn't fucking exist. Like,
0: yeah, the only the only one of these shows, the only one of these shows I outright, like, straight up love is Hawkeye. The rest of them are, I could take or leave, honestly. And so
1: I'd rather talk about things that I think are either really amazing to me or just really lackluster. Cause it's a discussion have. because you're going to talk yeah. to somebody that does love it or that does hate those things that you are, that you have divisive opinions on versus like, Hey, I don't want to talk about something that is fine because at the end of the day, you're just going to sit there being like, did you like that? Yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Nice yeah.
1: conversation.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, Trying to find like a really good 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 exploit. Fucking, I don't know. Snake Eyes for this year. I mean, you didn't watch it, but like, it's one of those things where it's just like it is definitively fucking mid. Like, it just it exists. It should be better than it is.
1: (laughs) Just to bring it to horror, there's like what fucking eighty horror films just from like the eighties. It's in general that just fucking are mid. They're just fine. Yeah. It's always cool to get the eighties aesthetic for a film you haven't seen before, but like you watch and say this means nothing in the grand scheme of things yeah like, like some things are bad some things are good and that it exists that's how it was like yeah, kinda... night of the demons oh my god it's very mid
0: uh, i wouldn't even call that mid <laughs> there's good stuff in it but there's also yeah, bad stuff in there, it. there's good stuff and there's good like makeup effects and stuff but like yeah. I, I just i think that it's just it's so uninteresting
1: but that's comparative. I feel like it's uninteresting comparative to other stuff you can get in that time period of that genre. Or it's no, like, I just think that, why would I, just I watch this when I can watch Evil Dead?
0: I think the setup promises something it just doesn't deliver. Like especially like the way that the style that it comes in with, you know, the fucking opening credits are so good. You know, it's got all this like real cool style and and ambiance to it, and then you get the movie, and like there's nothing happening that is worth a damn. I
1: think it hurts from the fact that the characters are so stereotypical that it's like, this is almost intentional with how stereotypical they are. You'd think that the plot must be ridiculous. Yeah. You know, if these characters are at like a fucking 11 out of 10 for personality, the, the story has to be like that. When the story's like a 5 out of 10, you're like, this is the not dia- lining up.
0: Yeah, and the dialogue's all inane bullshit and... Yeah it's just as ridiculous but that 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 that's thankfully something that this movie does not suffer from
1: yeah because films from the 70s for horror structured very very differently like like we've said
0: before this is one i would definitely classify uh,
1: attention to detail
0: yeah this is definitely one that i would classify as a slow burn yeah um not that it's a slow paced movie but it, it doesn't regale you with these just gigantic sequences or you know, like these really elaborate, like the most elaborate sequence in the entire movie. I'd probably say is the unicorn kill. Yeah, just because it's happening on multiple different levels. There's uh, the visuals are on point. it's one of the most beautifully crafted kilt sequences I've ever seen in an American, well, not American, a North American uh, slasher yeah, movie. Canada especially, did it, didn't they? It's, it's Canada. It's Canadian. Um... Um, but it, it is one of the most beautifully crafted sequences in a, in, a, in a horror film for me like the the way that it's lit the way that it's filmed the contrasting, the killing against the caroling outside and these big blue blown, I mean this, these big like colored blown out lights that are just absolutely gorgeous like it's such a an incredible looking scene it's probably the most elaborate scene in the movie
1: yeah I'd but, say so
0: it's not one of those movies where it's like wall-to-wall people dying. Like, not that many people die in this movie.
1: It's a small scale. I think it's... It's gotta be around like Three, six. four?
0: If even, yeah.
1: Well, I, I, um, I have we, to we list off the names to figure it out. We can't, I don't want to yeah, do we that. Can't spoil,
0: yeah, we can't spoil it. I'm just trying to think. There's there's a couple of kills I, I distinctly remember saying like, yep, that's a death. But, uh, I, I can think not,
1: of at least four right now. So I, I'm not pretty sure there's at least movie.
0: five to six. Yeah, it's not a very kill-focused movie, and the way that they are paced out is really cool.
1: It helps that you have a really well-acted lead that you're following through everything. Olivia itself.
0: Hussey is so fucking good in this. Like she is, she is so damn good. And we were talking about um, Halloween Six's character, and we brought up Black Christmas for a reason. You know, obviously, this is a better better character, but, you know, it is one of those things where it's a it's not-conventional slasher final girl. I mean, obviously, this is before we had the, the slasher playbook, but, you know, she's a college student, A. She's very um, career-focused. She's, you know, working really hard to become an independent person, and she's, well, I don't know how much I really want to say, but she has a very, very defining aspect to her character that causes drama between her and her boyfriend which puts him in as a possible suspect
1: I Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the thing you're talking about is abortion and I'm not going to describe the events that go into it with the film but like to talk about that topic in a film in the 1970s is very very unheard of
0: it's very, very. It's one of those things where I don't see. I feel like someone, someone could come out and point out where I'm wrong. But the fact that this is a Canadian movie makes it feel like that kind of conversation is a bit easier. Maybe I'm not saying that because I don't know shit about the way that Canada viewed abortion in the 70s. But I feel like American movies would not do that. Yeah, I mean, I can't name one. At the same time, at least, at least I don't them. know if they would side. I don't know if they would side with the woman nowadays yeah i mean
1: if you hear people in public conservatives are very vocal about their takes on abortion but yeah hollywood's still very left i feel like nowadays sure in that time period i don't think so
0: yeah i don't know if this is something that they would so openly give to the character you're following um you know sure someone could, could correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like something again like back in the days this is, this was a boundary pushing kind of idea to have your main character your final girl be dealing with this kind of an issue oh 100% and it's awesome
1: I, if, it and, had, if it came out today it'd still be polarizing
0: yeah and I think that her boyfriend played by uh, I think I don't know how to pronounce his name uh, Kier Delea I think he's a, he's actually the, one of the main characters in tw- 2001 of Space Odyssey Um, but uh, he's really good in this you know he's he's kind of got a, a specific kind of character to play, yeah. And his character exists for a certain purpose for the narrative, but I think he's really good. And uh, man, it's just it is just wild watching a movie from this era that deals with these issues. Yeah, you know, is it I, something? Is it something that's like it's the main focal point of the movie? No, no. But it's something that definitely plays strongly into our perception of of what's going on.
1: In the way, like everyone gets mad about talking about politics in films nowadays. And you always talk about politics in films. Every film that comes out is talking about politics in one way or the other. And Up to hear year, this talked about name. in '74 is just unbelievable. Yeah. And like, I know when I watched it for the first time, and I. I I was watching the scene uh, transpire. I'm like, this is incredible. This came out. <laughs> like, I-, I feel like I'm surprised censors didn't say you have to cut this. Yeah. Because technically, I mean, you probably could and make it function decently. But it helps so much to the plot to make this character so much more relatable, likable, and realistic.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it's kind of like, again, like I don't want to suck the dick of the 60s that much, uh, of the 70s that much, but like that's just kind of the thing with the 70s. Not just with the way that they present horror itself, but just the way that they presented characters was boundary pushing. Absolutely.
1: It, I mean, the way that we've got a very realistic approach of the 70s really sets up this um, overacting and um, stereotypical approach that we get for characters in the 80s. I I love, favorite movie of all time, but Marty McFly is like a stereotypical cool guy who'll do anything in the 80s, and that's why he works, you know? But these characters exist in the 80s because of how realistic and grounded we want characters from the 70s to feel.
0: I would also wager it also has a lot to do with the fact that in the 80s we were also kind of responding to post-Vietnam, you know, how, how... You know, very uh, dark things got, and it feels like sometimes in the also, 80s we Reaganism got very too. Yes, yeah, with right.
1: Reagan being in there and having him in office, it changed a lot of how people are perceiving. Just a general yeah. realisticness for, just the attitudes going on.
0: I think the 80s is a perfect example for when we talk about escapism in film. Yeah, not to say that there weren't realistic or, or or darker films in the 80s at all, but you know, a lot of the big pop culture films are very very escapist. Yeah, and I think for that's for for quite a reason. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Then we also have the '90s, which is supposed to be hitting on realistic portrayals, but it's
0: very much meta not. and and slick and yeah. smart, referential, referential. And it's funny.
1: I mean, like the '90s had... is trying to do what the '70s did, just worse.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: In the 2000s um, said, we're just going to make everything bad. <laughs> Everything's going to look like fucking mud thrown yes. on, on, on a fucking piece of, piece of paper. Just everything is going to not be slick. It's just going to be so grungy and gross.
0: Yep. And These now, movies we're going to remake. We're going to look at the movies uh how like, wonderfully they're shot or how they pioneered certain cinematic techniques and let's just not do any of that. <laughs> at least nowadays we have... Functional films again, yeah,
1: yeah. It only took ten yeah. years, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it all goes back to Black Christmas. We wouldn't really have slashers the way we did, uh, the way we do. Sorry, if it wasn't for that film.
0: You know, movies like this. Is, this is a very crucial part. Combining this with things like Psycho, Peeping Tom, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw the Massacre, Alice Sweet Alice. Sweet Alice yeah. Yep. They had these these very very transgressive movies that, you know, kind of rem- reminded people that humans are some of the scariest creatures that you can possibly put in a movie. And Billy is one of
1: those, man. Absolutely. It's tough to believe that what spawn from this realistic portrayal of human horror created things like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. But Yeah. The, the, the genre just popped off after halloween and they took the supernatural elements and ran with it
0: it's funny enough though because like even those two movies are very rooted in human issues yeah you know or human people who their reasonings for being a killer or not reasonings for being a killer but their origin stories or you know in the case of freddy freddy was a bad bad word to use but an accomplished murderer before he became a dream demon yeah he's already a child killer it's also it's one of those things where it's like he is the literal you know he's he is the continuing trauma that is wreaked on the people that he hurt in the original Friday the 13th we're going by
1: with um Pamela you know talking about losing her deformed son and how it's like the only thing she had left to attach her to humanity just drove her off the deep end
0: Yeah, so it's like again. Yeah, so even in these movies that become ridiculous in the 80s, we're still dealing with these human issues.
1: Yeah.
0: And I feel like that gets lost in the shuffle when we're talking about blood, guts, gore, tits, and, you know, all this stuff.
1: Yeah. Slasher has always started off as a very smart genre. And as the decades go on and on and on, things definitely dwindle down and become more of a faceless, just amalgamation, death trap of the, the genre it is now. All the yeah. referential shit we're talking about in the 90s feels so insufferable if you're paying attention to the actual class that it was brought upon in the early and late 70s. Yeah. You I can think that... joke about how many big-breasted blonde bimbos die in these films all you want, but it doesn't change the fact when the genre started off. Like, these are fucking masterclass films that really changed the genre. And Yes. You can talk and be meta and referential and say, like, oh, oh you're just gonna say this and that and you're going to try to kill me they're not all like that <laughs> Drilling it down into being just some trash heap is pretty disrespectful
0: that's one of those things is like obviously like slashers are a dirty franchise to people they yes. still are even even in movies like like obviously like the new Halloween was positively rated we've had other slasher movies that have been well received but when you want to like talk to someone about a slasher the first thing they think of is like one of the like the a cheesy 80s slasher movie yeah, but if you showed them Alice Sweet Alice, they for one thing they would probably tell you it's not a slasher movie because they like it. Yeah, because it's got it's an elevated slasher apparently. Um, but you know, we're we're this is nothing like what people's perception of a slasher is. It has similar elements. You know, there's a killer. He kills people.
1: It's it's the same way I look at it, it sounds weird but I've always looked at the genres very similar but the very niche of superhero films is very similar to how you look at horror because we're so used to the same old shit being thrown out every now and then when a good superhero film comes out we're like wow this is different Yeah. where we're so used to it being like oh superhero films are all the same shit disregarding the fact that shit like fucking Superman 78 exists for some yeah. reason or Spider-Man from Raimi exists or
0: or the Burton Batman,
1: Batman movie. exactly like that these films aren't masterclass films that really change the genre of their decades
0: yes and that are artfully made films artfully made blockbusters yeah
1: and we're so used to it now that when someone's like oh there's no films out nowadays there's no comic film that even comes close to Zack Snyder's Justice League it's like dude that's a great movie and all but like you're fucking stupid. Like, to say that's the only good comic book film to exist is ridiculous. To an extent that people like are being so ignorant. It's the same way when people say there's no good, there's no horror film as good as Get Out or Us is the best horror film ever made. Like, dude, these are great movies, but like,
0: yeah, they're amazing. Movies. Shut
1: up. Like, can we not shit on an entire genre to just elevate your one movie? Yeah. Why does everything else have to be bad for yours to be good?
0: I'm just—I've seen a recent resurgence of people on Twitter talking about horror and how, like, the Academy's tweeting out these movies and like, oh, this 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 movie came out this fucking day, you know, years ago. And I, I saw are, that
1: post. I really liked
0: that. It's like again, like you—you you, horror films get dumped on.
1: It was Scream, particularly. new post you're talking about. The yeah, Academy's but... saying, "Oh, Scream's been out for 25 years. Let's celebrate it."
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's just like you're celebrating it now. But, you know, it, you know, you, you, you completely ignore Hereditary or, yeah. you know, something something else, you know, that, that's been like incredible that's come out in the past couple of years. You know, you'll, you'll ignore all these movies because they're horror movies. You don't care about horror at all. You don't respect horror unless it's convenient. You know, like I, I think Get Out's great and I think Us is great. But, I, I, you know, they, they get nominated for reasons.
1: Yeah. And it's and not to say those reasons aren't certified no, or agreeable. Not at all. The Academy Picks and Shoes is the same way that you'll never have another animated feature nominated for Best Film ever again. Yeah, ever, it's, ever it's, again. It's, because they made all... a separate category to give the fucking kid who's... The, the, the fucking, here's your, your participation award. Because yeah. we don't look at them as real films in the Academy's eyes anymore.
0: The thing is is that taking get out or or you know, whatever out of the equation, no matter what I don't think a horror movie, no matter which one gets nominated, is gonna win Best Picture. No. Again. Not for a very long time.
1: What's the last one that there's definitely been one that's won it, hasn't there? Actor System's oh, yeah, nominated. Been...
0: There's, there's been ones that have won in the past, but I don't think a horror film has won Best Picture in decades.
1: I think the last one I can name off the top of my head, like, this was nominated and it might have won, is Exorcist.
0: I'm sure Shining was nominated. Ooh, that's good. Actually, I don't think Exorcist
1: won, because, um, what is it? Would that be the year prior to Star Wars being nominated? I know the year. Star Wars was nominated. Annie 19- Hall
0: won. The Shining came out in 1980.
1: I'm talking about Exorcist though. That's 76, isn't it?
0: 76 or seven? Yeah. No, 73.
1: That's wild. I just, I just saw. I think it. I've done that. I've gotten that wrong every time I've brought it up the date.
0: 76. See the last one Did they say One Best picture If it's
1: Silence of the Lambs I'll fucking kill myself It's
0: the last one They say One one best picture It's not Fucking a horror movie It's not But again Like that's The one
1: I'll kill myself I'll fucking do it that's so stupid.
0: Only six horror films have ever been nominated for Best Picture. And one of
1: those counted is Sons
0: of the Lambs. Yes. The Exorcist is one of them. Jaws, Jaws is another one. Silence. Silence Lambs, Sixth Sense, Sense. And Black Swan. And Get Out. And Get Out.
1: Those are so, like, we're fucking stretching the
0: category. And also, to, 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 to roll back to Sons of the Lambs, very deserved. Yeah. Fucking incredible movie. It's so stretching but, the category being like, well, this kind of fits, right? Like Black Swan. Well, I haven't seen Black Swan. I can't talk about Black Swan. So, but um, Aronofsky has directed horror films, so I, I don't know if it's a horror film or not. But the, That right there tells you how much the Academy cares about horror films. 6
1: I think Get Out deserves it for it's its commentary Don't get, get me out wrong it,
0: Get Out is fucking amazing uh, yeah. <laughs> Like don't get me wrong Get Out is one of the best debuts I've ever seen It is incredible I'm not trying to at all discount that movie Fucking awesome film But it is one of those things where it's just like You're not going to get a the, the Jordan Peele's our only hope
1: <laughs> like, I'll say this much Since Us didn't get nominated, I guarantee you he doesn't get nominated again. I think we're underestimating how fucking racist Hollywood is. (laughs) Like, I feel like it got nominated as, like, the, oh, man, you did a good job. Thanks, buddy. And, like, I think Us is possibly a better made film.
0: It won... uh, Get Out won Best Original Screenplay, and I think it deserved that.
1: Yeah. I just... I can't sure. see them treating it nicely after that. I think that's, like, a, a nice courteous, like, hey, you did good.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see when it comes to Nope, which comes out next year. Yeah. Um. But.
1: You listed those films, though. There's no reason I, I can't see why Black Christmas, of all films, couldn't be nominated for Best Picture. Like, for that 74, you know, like. If Exorcist is on there, I think Black Persist is the same level of competence for filmmaking in storytelling as Exorcist.
0: I think that recently, the one that has made me the most upset is is Hereditary not being nominated.
1: I haven't seen a person, so I can't speak about it. I've you know, seen like, Midsummer, which I know is by the same team, and I wasn't fond of it, but I've heard many of people feel the same way as I do on that. And they love Hereditary
0: hereditary is a much tighter movie than than midsummer from what i understand because i haven't seen midsummer yet but um it's a much tighter movie but the fact that that didn't get nominated for best picture director and tony collette did not get a nomination for best actress fucking to this day peeves the hell out of me because it's incredible and she is too good she's way too good and it's just it's one of those things where again it feels like because she got other awards that year and hereditary got other attention from other people and it just feels like, again, they're just like, well, we're they just pat horror on the head and say, well, maybe next time. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. It's, and it's really like, disrespectful, horror, too. Horror created cinema.
1: 100%. Like, and, I'm,
0: and I'm not saying that to be pretentious or or rude. No, it, like, it did. Some of the first films ever made it, in the, the medium are horror movies.
1: If James Whale didn't exist and make the films he did in the 30s, filmmaking would not be the way it is now. It wouldn't have yes. the same level of interest. It would not have picked up to when it did. Frankenstein, Physical Man. Go even further back,
0: though. Like you can go further back. Go back to, to go back to the silent era. Go back I, I, I like oh, for believe me. I agree. I'm just you know? saying, like,
1: when the sound era kicked off, the films that are making money during the Great Depression are fucking horror films. Yeah, they're the films that Universal people are going
0: to see. Universal I, horror 100%. absolutely just blew. Th- those are like obviously blockbusters weren't. Back then that would be what would be their equivalent for blockbusters. Yes, absolutely like that. You know, these are like this genre is very important to the medium, and it just feels like constantly the the Academy's just stuck in this mindset of well horror is just a lesser genre.
1: Well, the reason in the 70s, to to bring it all back, the way Black Christmas functionally works so well with it being the human horror shows why we weren't talking about this in prior decades. The way the sound era kicks off we're in the great depression we don't want to deal with human horror that's not something we we got enough of that going around i can't eat tonight so we're going to talk about supernatural horror. we're going to talk about ghosts goblins mummies vampires
0: monsters
1: exactly and then you know with the 40s we're talking about those same type of monsters introducing more having the monsters meet up big terror bye-bye you're scared in the 50s we're talking atomic age you know we've had things like the nuclear bomb hit now and we're worried about what else could happen from shit like this you have things like godzilla come out you have things like creature from the black lagoon you have a lot of alien space invaders films and all these things about like what's on the outside that you are worried about coming in yeah and then when psycho hits we're not talking about other people, other things, other instances. We're talking about you as a person. You can, you yourself, can be just as terrifying. And then you realize, what's more terrifying than humanity? And then the seventy says, you know what? You're right. We're gonna really show you how fucking terrifying humanity can be, really. And and then things like Black Christmas exists, and this film really shows you the underbelly of what a human being could be. And Texas Chainsaw does that too. But these are very deranged radical people that it's a it's a soul family in Texas. Running yeah. into that might be a little bit tough, but one home intruder, that could happen anywhere. Easy. It happens everywhere. Yeah. You could yeah. know somebody that you grew up with saying, Yeah, they got broken into It's some unspeakable shit happened.
0: Yeah, like I would I wouldn't call uh this to maybe I wouldn't call this like literally it's just like a straight up horror movie but like something like Straw Dogs. You know, it brings that kind of a very tangibility to to assailants and makes it like you know one wrong move man and, and, and you could get you know your house could be invaded you could be attacked you could be forced to do maybe the real horror about straw dogs is realizing what you are willing to do to protect the people that you love or protect your home and you know that's that's horrifying in its own right sometimes but it's it's really bringing it back to that very realistic, Idea of what is scary to humans. I think, and honestly, that's just violence.
1: Yeah, I think when you have films, especially like in the 2000s, where you have a lot more home invader type films come out, you realize just how terrifying somebody being in your home can really be. Yeah. What, what I feel like they really lose a luster on is they lose a lot of the realistic aspects to these things in those films. Yeah, but the thing like about the Black Christmas is it always tries to stay grounded.
0: Yeah, it's always. You know it's always about people that you could conceivably meet on the street with conceivably
1: real issues
0: exactly and the killer is someone you know know, some people people who die they never see who kills them yeah and that's terrifying in your final moments you have no idea who killed you like imagine that that's chilling and you know we haven't talked about it yet but you know the ending of the movie is just as chilling as that idea
1: yeah like what we said we're gonna try to for anybody who haven't seen the film and you want to get into it it's been a very jumbled mismatched episode we've gone back as usual but i think that's what black christmas does is because it opens the gateway to say we've gone so far in horror we've come from so far and we've gone through every spectrum of different things and Black Christmas Black Christmas, just kind of sits in the middle saying like yeah we've talked about these mummies we've talked about these monsters we, we can go back into these new different versions of characters in, in a modern remake setting or we yeah. can just go back to humanity and saying like what's more terrifying than a neighbor that you don't know what they can do
0: yeah I agree
1: and we won't talk about the end
0: but I yeah, promise we you we won't talk about specifics, but let me tell you what it's going to make you want to just sit there and not want to move I promise
1: you you are not going to end that film with a expressionless face something is going to happen and you're going to say, that's terrifying
0: yeah, I agree it's one of the, it is, you're correct I think it is probably one of the greatest movies the greatest movie endings ever
1: I can't name many films that I've watched for the first time and said, that's just going to sit with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. This is one of them, as as so is Alice, Sweet Alice. Those are first-time watches where I feel like I I won't forget that ending. And it's always going to sit there and say, this is unsettling. And nothing beats that atmosphere from the 70s. And you'll never get it again. And no, I, I love that the fact that I've experienced Black Christmas. I wish I could experience a film like this again. That's how good of a movie it is. You said, man, I'll watch it again. I'll never get the same feeling, but it's just as terrifying on rewatch.
0: I'll tell you what, though. I mean, every time I watch Black Christmas, I still have this pit in my stomach at the end of the movie. Yes. I never that never goes away is it as is it as like poignant you know, yeah. the first time I watched it like I, I felt this chill run over my body and I just could not move that's how like just absolutely stunned I was do I get that anymore no but it's still sitting there and you're just like Jesus Christ yeah that is horrifying <laughs> and I will never forget that I will never not appreciate that exact experience and, you know like my experience with this movie was was a bit unique for me because i watched this first and then immediately watched the remake oh, following really? it, which probably which uh, to be completely honest did not help the remake yeah. so it, maybe i should rewatch the remake without doing that because yeah. no matter what following up after black christmas you're going to look worse but you know the the ending of this movie put me in a state where it's just like pure i don't want to i don't want to get too pretentious but like it is kind of for me it was a euphoric experience as far as just like a movie that is not afraid to end the way this movie ends i agree and when you look at this movie and you realize the other christmas classic that this man directed it is so weird how polar opposite these movies are
1: yeah christmas story
0: yeah, it's the same guy who directed A Christmas Story. That's fucking wild. Also, a Christmas Story sucks, and I'll stand by that every fucking day of the week.
1: I haven't seen it fully in so many years. I can't really have an opinion on it. I do to not be fair, my,
0: my uncle used to put... The, there's a channel on that they just played this movie the entire day on repeat. And during Christmas dinner, we would throw that on, and I'd have to watch this movie over and o- that movie over and over again. So there's no possible way in my life I'm ever going to like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but... Funnily enough, though, the bully from uh, Christmas Story follows me on Twitter, and I don't know why. Cringe. It's it's weird. I just I, I got I got a message one day. It, s- it says uh, Zach Ward follows you. I'm like, who the fuck is Zach Ward? And I clicked on it. And his profile picture was him from a Christmas Story. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is it? Why? Why? Okay. So probably shouldn't talk about how much I don't like a Christmas Story on Twitter, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there really is to say about Black Christmas. I think you, we've said I mean, more than enough. I, I, the only thing I can stress is the unicorn kill. is just, like, one of my favorite kill scenes. In I industry.
1: just think the opening oh. kill is one of the best kills I've ever seen in a horror film.
0: It's so unnerving. It's so out it's of so, nowhere, too. Oh, my God. It's so... It's so... Oh, it's so uncomfortable. And, and like, they cut back to... It's, it's a running... The, not theme, but, like, a running shot in the movie is... is the result of that kill—it's one of the most iconic images from the movie. Yeah, like it used to be on the DVD case all the time. You know, it's—it's it's a very, very iconic shot, and it—it comes back over and over again. It looks so gnarly, and oh god, it's, it's one of the—it's one of the ways. If I think about ways to die, it is probably one of the most excruciating thoughts in my head. Dying like that, scared. <laughs> like, oh god. I think it's a little
1: un- nonsensical to say, but if you had to give a rating for the film, what would you give it?
0: I'm going to give it a 10, obviously. Yeah, I, think. I think I think this is... It is one of the best horror movies ever made. I would probably put... It's definitely probably in my top 25 favorite movies ever made. Mm-hmm. I think this movie absolutely is just...
1: I think it's in my top 25 as well.
0: It's, it's just immaculate. It's just one of those movies where, like, I can't think of a single thing I can point to and say, I don't like this. I agree. I can't see any flaws in it. Like even in Halloween, like I adore Halloween. There's it's flaws a masterpiece too. There's stuff I can point to and say, like, if you want to tell me you don't like that, I get that. It's fine. I can't think of something in this movie that I don't like. And I can't think of a conversation I've ever had with somebody where we've watched this movie, where we've ever said something we haven't liked about the movie. Yeah. It's just one of those movies, man. And it's like, again, it's, it's really sad. Cause it feels like not enough people really watch this movie every year like it feels really weird to say like i don't it's it feels like i'm sounding like a hipster saying like people don't appreciate this movie that i really love more people should watch this and i cool well, because i like this movie but like it feels like this is a movie that should be much bigger than it really is yeah i mean
1: i'd say definitely for our agent uh, age range you know people have no problem beyond like mid-20s and putting on back to the future or like the exorcist yeah. but that should be the same for something like black christmas yeah I think it should be I a regular type thing to explore older films and realize, man, I, I'm missing out on this.
0: I see more people that I know who aren't like huge horror fans talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, than Black Christmas. That's weird. And I like Silent Night, Deadly Night. I think it's a blast. it's so weird. It it is unequivocally a worse movie. And especially, to be fair, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is a meme online. Yeah. Even outside of the horror community. So, you know, the Garbage Day meme was a hu- was a huge meme. So that's not surprising but it's like black christmas is such a good film that it's really disappointing that most people like i don't hear it talked about as prevalently from people who don't you know do this all the time you I mean, like we watch horror films all the time or movies in general we watch a lot of movies and talk about them all the time but i feel like this is one of those movies that should be a seminal film that is talked about in the same light as a movie like halloween or texas chainsaw massacre it's really sad that it's not and I think that eventually I hope that one day this it does become that kind of a movie yeah I, I, w- I was gonna
1: go on and say like oh if you had any final words but I think that's kind of the best way to end that off is to say like this should be a film that everyone watches it should be a household name for horror especially there's no reason someone can talk about Texas Chainsaw and not follow it up with talking about Black Christmas a film that came up the same year and you know changed the, the genre in a very similar way and yeah. I love them both for very different reasons. I don't know which I'd say I prefer, but, you know, they should be on equal playing fields. And I, I think it, it sucks that they're not. This is a film it... that should not be unnoticed by a variety of people that just blissfully are ignorant to it. Yeah, I agree. And I'd say that pretty much wrap, wraps up the episode. I mean, I agree. do you want to talk <laughs> about the I elephant
0: say? in the room? Yeah, um, so uh this is gonna be our our final episode of the podcast. We decided to end it here on the uh, on a incredible movie. yeah uh, I think yeah. that also it's, describes why we've been so talk
1: about this talk about that go through a lot of things.
0: yeah because it's like this is the last time we're gonna talk about it uh, you know it's a bit bittersweet I yeah I enjoy doing this podcast I had a lot of fun with it but you know, we have other creative things we'd like to do, and
1: yeah, I you know. I'm not saying it won't be like um. There's other things I think we could do that are cool that we might get to eventually, but I think there's other type of content that could come from horror that we could discuss and talk about and and delve rather into rather than doing
0: a week rather than doing a weekly show where we just take a show and we take a movie and we just talk about yeah, it for an hour.
1: I think there's a lot of content that I feel like like and I can really tap into that we should discuss more about and I think that as much fun as it is to talk about movies I think the best thing about watching movies is the creativity that flows through you when you get it and you say I want to do this too and I yeah. think doing this weekly can be a little stunting
0: yeah and I mean I'm not I'm not you know opposed to the idea of maybe doing either doing a solo episode every once in a while or maybe seeing if we yeah. find something that we're both passionate about talking about and doing an episode sometime yeah. but it definitely would not we're not doing weekly weekly you know from the beginning you know weekly has been fun because it's like you know every week we get to sit down and we have to talk about a horror. i mean we do it every day at work to be yeah. completely honest but you know it's fun to do it and share it with other people and sharing our passion with other people about horror um but doing it weekly from the beginning i knew that this was going to be exhausting
1: yeah it, it's and tougher it, when it comes to getting things done last minute with a lot of other priorities to assess
0: yeah and you know, like even like you know being completely transparent you know at the earlier at the beginning of this you were you were editing all of these
1: yeah i did a lot of editing and that was tough i had to do all the artwork and i was trying to make it very different which at this point you can tell i got very lazy like no this is good for now and oh, when you're talking the about the artwork Halloween, was tough to try to make work and get an episode done. If it's an hour and a half long, like yeah. I, I have a lot of responsibilities, and that's well, that that, That's
0: also that's also kind of the other thing. It's just like you know, you're editing an hour, hour forty minute long. The last episode was a long episode, but you know, you have your own YouTube channel where you do your own things that you enjoy doing. You know, you interview people, talk about awesome things and and do awesome work over there. And even those, those are even more involved than these are. Yeah. Um, You know, more, more effects, more, you know, jokes. The editing is is much more complex than it is for this. You know, that plus our job, which is time consuming and physical, as well as, you know, you are very, very into fitness and doing that. And, you know, all the other things you have to do in your life that's a lot of stuff to do and it doesn't leave a lot of time to relax yeah and to take a moment and i think that that's an important thing to think about yeah, yeah I, I so right. so i won't say that this is goodbye but it will be a see you later it will be
1: definitely the structure will be gone there's not going to yes. be a structured weekly thing i guarantee there's going to be a film that comes out recently where it's going to be like we should talk about this like
0: the quick or carnages. you and I will watch something that's really cool that we're going to want to talk about.
1: Yeah, I, I would expect to say once in a while we'll, we'll do like a quick carnage for a film we really want to discuss. Or um, maybe for a film that, like, yeah. like We've talked about doing, like, Hereditary and Midsummer as, like, a back-to-back. Because you haven't seen Midsummer and I haven't seen Hereditary. I think or that's something talking, we'll probably do.
0: You were talking about doing a more, like... Uh like a talk show, not talk show, but like we, we do like more in-person things, like you wanted to do something involving I like would enjoy Freddy versus Jason Yeah, I
1: would enjoy to do like get an actual camera, set it up, have a, a start filming like a, a legitimate in-person episode. I think that would make things really cool and that that's definitely something I would look forward to doing with a group of people and yeah. to also to have like a separate um area to kind of have like a nice ambiance behind us too which would be cool yeah so i agree that's something that we'll be planning for i wouldn't expect to see it anytime soon but i think it's definitely something that's it's gonna happen i, I will promise that there's going to be a campfire episode at some point of freddie versus jason i promise that
0: that was one that when we were talking about this earlier on in the show we were talking about like yeah, like, we were, talk- we were talking about, like, doing Jason and all that stuff, and we're like, well, are, yeah. we- are we ever going to get to, like, Freddy versus Jason? And you're like, well, if we would do Freddy versus Jason, I want to have, like, a campfire and also not just me and you. Yeah. You know, you know other people you in. I know bring a lot to- of
1: people that will talk about that movie.
0: Yeah, so it's like, that was one that we were planning as, like, kind of an event episode anyways. Yeah. But we just never got to it this year, you know?
1: I mean, I just don't have a camera that'll sit that long for an hour and it- record.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of it's just kind of amazing to me that just think about like we were do we did this every week for not almost a year but from the majority of a year.
1: Yeah, if it was April, it'd be a full year.
0: Yeah, we did thirty
1: six episodes. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm happy with what we did.
0: I am I, too. I, I'm too. I'm happy know, I to, to
1: also take a step back too.
0: Even is... even when we when we you know talk even when we we did, had episodes about movies I didn't like or you didn't like at the end of the day we still had a good time talking about them and i think that you know i the movies are 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 cool and i like talking about movies and stuff but this was always to me about the conversation and having fun yeah discussing these things it's it's not just talking about you know i don't want to like we are just gonna start and uh you know be pretentious about movies and stuff like we want to have a good time and i think that we did do that yeah you know things get a little bit stressful you know we we both have busy schedules and deal with our own personal issues. And, you know, this being a weekly thing was un, was just a, another level of stress. Yeah. And I think that it's important to take a step back and take inventory of your life and make sure that you're, you're allocating your time towards the things that really, really are important, not just important to you, but also uh, things that aren't hurting you or... Your creativity.
1: Yeah. I think that's that's the most then the most important thing to me is just hindrance on creativity. I wanna feel like when I watch a film, I get this drive to do something that resembles what I had seen and spark this imagination. And I feel like if I'm watching a film every week and I get this spark and nothing I can do with it is just record talking about the movie, it's like, well what do I wanna do about that other bit that makes me feel like I have to really showcase my art in some way, whether it's photography, video, um, editing, drawing, anything. I want to be able to do something with it, and I'm not getting enough of that right now. And I feel yeah. like there's stuff that if you and I brainstorm, we can do some really cool shit, and I would rather us focus on that for a while and think of core things to reformat our content. Yeah, I agree so I think that's something to look forward to I think it's been nice with um, the podcasting I think there's um, a decent amount of like uh, traction with people coming back to me talking about watching the episodes the stuff they like about it and I know it's not as much on the YouTube but I think it's content wise it'd be more fulfilling if we get some cool stuff that we could say like damn we actually did that that's pretty sick
0: yeah you you, you have your your passions for especially like comedy and skits and you know, like I I to you know, one of my biggest dreams in life is to become a, a writer and a director, yeah. do filmmaking stuff. And I think that that's something that we can probably tap into and have some fun.
1: Yeah, I definitely Bring think some, comment,
0: some creatively stimulating content for us both.
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's some cool shit that we can discuss. That um, I have some ideas that we have to get down on paper. I have a few things written up, but definitely stay tuned. I wouldn't say that stared stiff is done. Scare stuff is still probably gonna keep going for a bit, but for now, the the weekly podcasts are definitely taking a seat. Yeah. So, you know, definitely stay tuned and keep in touch. I'm not saying there's not gonna be some more podcasts coming out, but it's definitely gonna be very different. I'll say that much.
0: Much more sporadic, if anything.
1: Yes. So, thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you for joining us for the past well, fucking 38 like, or whatever. Yeah, 38 to 40 of them. It's been a lot of fun, but um, we're ready for a change. I hope you are, too. Thank you so much, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.